0: Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 193, an interview with the newly knighted Sir Ashens, Uh, this week joined by RGT, and as I say, special guest Ashens, YouTube, an all-round entertainment god, to smile sweeping the village hall after the dog talent show. How's it going, Sir Ashens?
1: I'm all right, thank you. It really sounds like you're saying serrations, which is amazing.
0: Well, you know, in honor of your world's strongest knife, I feel like ah. this could be. <laughs> when you're Lord of you somewhere, rant. maybe you're Lord <laughs> Ashens of serrations. Maybe we could do that for you. I'm That's a dream. You've joined us, and we feel honored because you are struggling with the Chinese flu, a.k.a. COVID. Hopefully you've Kung Fu chopped its throat at the door uh, and we can help you through this. I don't know as the UCP is known for helping people through illness, probably pushes them into it. So hopefully no relapse at the end of this.
1: Uh, Fingers crossed. But if I do, uh, I won't tell you because I'll be too ill.
0: Just (laughs) wave at the camera and we will make the rest up. I will be you for the show and then RGT can ask me questions, which I probably will fail to answer.
2: RGT, how are you? I'm absolutely marvelous thank you very much.
0: The unfortunate thing is for an audio show what they didn't realize is me, I, me and RGT sat down for the pre-call and we were both wearing the same jacket <laughs> which <laughs> we,
3: were, we were yeah
0: which looked like a, a North American lumberjack version of the chuckle brothers. So I was I had to disrobe quickly for some reason he wouldn't get undressed no doubt he's wearing nothing under that lumberjack shirt which is a thought for all of you in the discord. Um let's get stuck into it. Quickly, as we say to Sir Ashens or Lord Ashens of Serrations, what have you been playing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, something sharp, no doubt. Now I've been playing quite a lot, in fact, of Baldur's Gate Three. Oh, the bigger Ooh, boys because
3: game.
1: yeah, I've been kind of um, well, really bloody ill, and so that's all I've been doing. I've already completed it once. And I thought usually when I complete something, that's it. I won't play through it again. I was a bit ill. and thought, oh, I know what I'm doing with that. So I'll play through it again and be the evil dark urge character thing and give Ooh. in to all the dark urges and see what, what
0: happens. What do you think is the darkest thing you've achieved so far in your dark run through? It's pretty easy to just
1: um, accidentally, brutally murder and eviscerate everyone. So all you've got to do is, like, when as soon as he gets a dark urge, you're getting, like, this bit of context "Mm, imagine what would happen if something bad happens. And you click on that and it goes red and go, oh, you killed all the orphans and ate them. You know. (laughs) Um, The the worst thing I've done so far is probably slaughtered an entire camp of um, completely innocent people and druids for some goblins who I didn't even like.
0: You, <laughs> slaughtered, you slaughtered them like animals.
1: Yeah. It's it's very much different to my first playthrough, let's just say that.
0: Were you like a very godly man on the first playthrough?
1: Yeah, the first playthrough you always try and do what you would want to do, so you try and sort of do things well and be decent to people. And it mostly works out in Baldur's Gate 3. But Baldur's Gate 3 has that great game design of... You know, it should be subtitled, There's Always Something, because there bloody is. You know, every five minutes, something's going wrong. Somebody's had an argument with somebody else. Somebody in your bloody group has just revealed that they're actually, I don't know, a, a werewolf made of Lego bricks or something, and you got to deal with that. <laughs> it's, oh, God. It's, it's so good. There's always something happening. And when it sort of wraps up itself towards the end, um, it almost feels like a bit of an anti-climax, just because it has to take off all these little subplots and tie everything up and it almost feels like, oh, not much left now.
2: Uh, How many hours did you put in it?
1: Yes. I don't actually know. Um, A lot, awful lot more than I normally would.
0: Um, (laughs) That's that's the sort of talk of an addict, Lord Ashens, if I may say. That's the sort of thing an addict would say. I don't I don't don't normally have much time to sort of play games that take a
1: long time. I've been able to play Baldur's Gate on and off quite a bit. And now, obviously, this we've had a week of pretty much nothing but it. Mm. Uh, good God, a huge amount of time for me—ninety hours. Wow, <sighs> well, that's, that's that's massive for me. Like absolutely that, massive.
0: That's the sort of thing I dream of being able to give ninety hours to a game these days. Is that that's is that all that years? Well, embrace it. Yeah. You've got I sick. a.m. you can be yeah. in bed. Pull the duvet up.
1: I've just realised probably half of that is just it running in the background because I've gone off to feel ill and forgotten to close the game. <laughs> so the yeah. world goes on. <laughs> yeah, it may not actually be quite as impressive as it sounds. It's probably just like sitting on the bloody menu
0: screen or something. But um, yeah. <laughs> oh, Never mind. We has dream. there been any other games during your malaise?
1: No, that has been it. I was playing the last time... Uh, the first time I had COVID, I played The Excavation of Hobbes Barrow, which is fantastic. Mm. Uh, brilliant point-and-click mm. folk horror game. Um, and I thought, oh, I'm going to do another point-and-click this time. It just didn't kind of come around. Instead, I've just been doing uh, Baldur's Gate 3, really. It's mm. a bit
0: point-and-clicky, though. Are you playing it on PC? It's a bit. I am, yes. Yeah. Okay, right. Well, we turn to RGT, and I ask you, RGT, what have you been playing? I
2: uh, finally finished Spider-Man 2. Um, got mm. the platinum on that. Oh, um,
0: I see. It's like that, is it?
2: Be not platinum, do you,
0: George? Don't look at me or talk to me or even look at me. Don't look at me now. <laughs> I'll take that as a note. Um <laughs> I finished it. I just need to do my venom powers. That's all I'm gonna say.
2: Okay. Well that's your homework for this week, Dad. Um yeah, so um,
0: Thanks, Dad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was agreed with you at the first part of the story. I didn't find the first part of the story quite as strong as the first game. Second half of the game, though, the story really ramps up. Um, Absolutely loved it. Brilliant game. Um, Definitely one of the best games I've played this year. Um, Just for that sort of movie cinematic experience of the game that they give you, I think it's superb, very well done. It Um, nails
0: that for sure. But, Let's In the climatic sections, you're meant to be they're hitting all the right notes for you to be feeling emotions for the characters, characters stroke characters, but I wasn't really feeling the emotion that I normally would feel from a Sony first-party game.
2: No, yeah, maybe, maybe. There's been times where I um, broke
0: down and sobbed like a small baby in my mother's arms. <laughs> I didn't feel that this time, and I was confused as to why, because I saw all the ingredients go in the cake, but then when I ate it, I did a little bit sick.
2: No, that is true. Yeah, I think um, even though it's, you know, there's there's parts of that game that should really make you think and think, oh, it didn't quite trigger it that way. I'd thought of it more, it was more of that action where the story was going rather than the emotion, the action parts and the the characters I thought was absolutely phenomenal. And um, I just got to say, I still think it's the best game looking game I've seen on the PS5. Um, Really good, runs so smooth. Um, didn't notice any frame drops, anything. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and the distance, you know, with your your backdrops that looked absolutely awesome. So, yeah, absolutely loved that. So um, I was a bit lacking after that because you play a massive game like that that's in that cinematic role, and then you finish it and think, oh, what we're going to play now? Then and it's hard to match it. But um, me and Mrs RGT started a you're going to love this George started a uh, Stardew co-op. Play through together on the switch.
0: Oh my God! So, oh, so incestuous.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, so because she's sort of got into Stardew, and um, so we thought we'd uh, we'd have a little game together where we uh, share the farm and
0: on you know, the, the switch. You've got your switch. You're like Bert and Ernie in bed. I don't even. I oh, no, know we're
2: playing split a... screen. Playing split screen.
0: So you're split doing it on the big t- telly.
2: You're not on the big telly yet.
0: So you don't take her to bed and plough a furrow or anything like that.
2: No, it's uh, it's just all on the big screen. Anyway, moving on, I played the game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh, I wondered if that would fly under the radar like a stealth bomber, but Can I you... see that I pinged yeah. on radar.
2: Can you stop drinking coffee before we record? Anyway, um I yeah. played
0: the game if you want me to be dead.
2: <laughs> um unpacking, I played the, uh, that little game unpacking I played. Yeah. Um,
0: we talked door- about that in the week, didn't we?
2: Yeah, my daughter's been playing it on the PC. She said it was really good, really enjoyable. So I, I played through that. And that's that's a nice little game, actually. That is, that is different and that pixel art style. And, you know, you think a game where you're just unpacking things would be just a bit boring. But the start is a little story tied to it. And you sort of go for their life and understand where they've been. And there's little nods to things you're unpacking and, and where you put them as to what's happened in their lives. And that's, that that's was nice. A, yeah, a nice, relaxing little game. That was good. What What was that on? PS5, I think okay. that's, that's part of the uh, PlayStation Plus pack, so you can just if you you know if you're a subscriber, you can download that. Brilliant. Um, another little one I played was one called we were speaking about called Dark Source, but mm. yeah. S <laughs> 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 yeah. A U C E. Yeah, It's a game about an Danny.
0: accoutrement. It's a game about <laughs> an accoutrement. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: that's just a just a little. Uh, platform game Um, nothing much to it but that's
0: hang on to the is, end there of there is there any source or no source here
2: um well you're a pig
0: <laughs> of course <laughs> of course is this are you heading towards a bacon sandwich is that what the story is or
2: <laughs> no you're just making it through platform levels and trying to miss out the bad guys and make the platform jumps and miss out on the axes and all the bits and pieces and your aims so it- to get through all, all the levels
0: Any idea why they might have called it Dark Source?
2: Absolutely no idea. Um,
0: (laughs) But it sold it to me, so it worked. (laughs) Don't let Um, that get in the way of a good game.
2: No. Um, Then we went carrying on with our live stream of Vice City, me and uh, Bald Border. Um, So that's been going well. We're we're sort of at the stage now where we've run out of missions and you just got to do your, um, your business missions just to trigger the last few acts on that. But been loving that and the community's been joining in and chatting to us every Tuesday on that. So that's been great fun. Um, and I know that that version, that Definitive Edition, yes, it was bad when it released. I know it was sort of made of the mobile ports and bits and pieces, and if it rained, you could not see an inch in front of your face. But <laughs> now That's it's true. all patched in that.
0: Does it, it, does it look all
2: right? It's good. It's just like a really high-res PS2 game, almost with a little bit of ray tracing in. And I quite like that look because it still gives you the nostalgia of the PS2 or Xbox that you played it on, but with the modern feel.
0: Let me, st- let me stop you there. I've had a tingling downstairs. I want a hidden gem. Have you played Aquanauts Holiday? No. I want a hidden gem out of you. You want a hidden gem, dear? Mumsy hit the theme tune. Oh, GT, yeah. He's <laughs> like the Lone Ranger. Hey, with a Stuart. Riding on <laughs> down. I remember bringing Boone. Bring in here, gems <laughs> to me. The only person that we've ever had on that recognised that that was Boone. What an yep. absolute hit. That's why you're Lord Ashens of Serrations. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Always with the deep cuts.
2: <laughs> T-shirt idea.
0: I've just rocked up and I arrived at Punchline Circus A and then I realised I had a ticket to B and C as well. I don't even know what's happening anymore. We normally play a little guessing game. RGT, give us the little stinky hints along the way, my friend. Well, I think you probably might think you're
2: going to get this from the developer, but I don't know if you will. The actual developer is Insomniac. Okay. Ooh. Um, but it was published by uh, Game Trust Games. Um, give us a year was- Give us a
0: 2016.
1: Ooh. Stay with us. We'll be
3: right back.
0: Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the gaming blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be housed flipper and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that will has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work, and you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. Construction off. The (laughs) way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Mm. Hmm. (sighs) Hmm. Is it Infamous? Second Snow? First Light? No. no. None of those?
2: No, 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 no. Nowhere near. This is sort of an action-adventure Metroidvania game. The old saying,
0: Metroidvania, but yes, it is. It's a 2D game?
2: Uh, yeah.
0: 2016? It's mm-hmm. not that sort of Sly Cooper spin-off, is it? Nope. Oh, I don't know. I'll oh, stump you
2: this week. You normally guess it. You've, well,
0: it you know, out. off air, I'll give you a throat punch for showing me up, but you'll get over it.
2: This is a fantastic little game called Song of the Deep.
0: Mm. You little harlots! Yes, you pulled us in and you slammed us down.
2: It's um, you, you play as a little girl whose father is a fisherman, and he goes missing um and you have to go and find him in a little submarine and i know it sounds strange but it is that Metroidvania where you're exploring levels going through you can start up and it's, it's it's lovely little graphics what they've done it's very unusual for insomniac um but you can find extra parts to improve your sub um you have puzzles to solve as you go through and eventually you obviously have to find your father and i have I can't even remember how I even found this game. It's it, unfortunately digital only. There's no physical copies, but it's on PlayStation Store, Xbox, it's on Steam. Um, but its I remember to start of playing it, it just hooked me right in. I just, it's got that lovely little sort of indie style graphics. It's got the great music, sound effects. And I know I say this every time on A Hidden Gem, but it is something different. You know, you're in a submarine, you're under the sea, and you just want to explore and you find enemies and you can come back if you're not strong enough and fight them. And it's just brilliant. Why are you laughing, George? <laughs> <laughs> Here
0: we go. Down where it's wetter, under the sea. <laughs> oh, no. Just, Just heard it, and my brain went full Disney karaoke on you.
2: <laughs> well, I think this is quite an unappreciated game. Uh, very underrated. Now um, you've
0: said it, I do have a mind image of it in my mind, and, yeah, it it's the very definition of a hidden gem.
2: Yeah, it is, and like I say, you know, like I just said a minute ago, being insomniac as well, it's very, it's almost like they got between games and thought, should we just do something completely different or a palate cleanser? Yeah, yeah, and and just and they just dropped this, and it was brilliant. Absolutely loved it. So yeah, if you, like I say, PlayStation Store, Xbox, Steam, Song of the Deep, give it a go. If you're in the Discord and you played it, let me know what you think. And um, yeah, just let us know because I how much was it. it? um i think to download i think it's around about 10 pounds on all stores i think it's around about 10 pounds i think um but definitely worth it definitely worth it it's not too long but it's, it's enough there to want to see through the story so
0: okay all right well with that all said lord ashens what do you make of of this hidden gem segment you it was framed by boone but then obviously rgt does the bulk of the carrying. I was expecting Neil Morrissey to come in at some stage. But, um, <laughs> wow!
1: Yeah, that <laughs> sounds quite a good. Game to be honest, I don't think I've heard of that, or if I
2: have, I've totally forgotten about it. So C- mm. certainly one that flew under the radar. By the it does go under radar a lot, especially being an Insomniac title. It's it's mm. it's a lot of people you speak to haven't played it, but like so I just found it by accident, I think, and I absolutely loved it. Brilliant, brilliant little game. It really feels
0: uh, it feels a bit of a shame that these sort of palette cleanser titles that they put out kind of do go missing in that way. Cause every single person that was involved in some of the bigger titles is actually here cleansing said palette mm. and all that artistic creation and gameplay innovation has gone into that game. Mm. But it's just sort of slipped under the radar because probably cause it's not boxed and people like you can't put it with their other rotten bits of plastic on the shelf, nor I.
2: yeah exactly i suppose that's a lot of reason why it probably goes under but i think that'd be as a physical release that'd be a brilliant one for the switch and as you say george perfect for on the go
0: perfect for on the go yeah take (laughs) it anywhere you want um well i'll tell you what let's skip to the news we scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories first up this is just absurd Rockstar Games co-founder studio have announced their first projects. The studio, titled Absurd Ventures, is the latest endeavour by Rockstar co-founder and story writer Dan Hoosier. Having hired key Rockstar Games veterans as a start-up alongside Mr. Hoosier, Laszlo Jones, wildly known wi- wildly <laughs> for his work on the Grand Theft Auto in-game radio stations, was a founding member. Mm-hmm. Michael Unsworth, the vice president of writing at Rockstar, left the company after 19 years to join Absurd. He currently serves as Head of Story and Creative Management. Adam Tedman also had 19 years at Rockstar and has since joined Absurd as Head of Marketing. Two trademarks spotted by GTA Forum's member Dead as Disco, who says Disco's dead? This guy does, are owned by Absurd Ventures, both American Caper and A Better Paradise were filed at the end of this year. A few weeks ago, Absurd Ventures' COO told Variety we will have more announcements in the weeks ahead about projects that are already in pre-production and production on those IP universes. The first IP, American Caper, is a new graphic novel. It will be illustrated by comic book artist Simon Bisley. The British artist is best known for his work on 2000 AD comics. This new IP centres on two normal, badly damaged American families in a world of corrupt business, inept politics and bungling crime. Sounds like my afternoon's work. The website says first coming 2024. The next IP is called A Better Paradise. This will be a 12-part audio fiction series. (laughs) said radio was dead it's set to be an existential suspense thriller and it'll be co-produced by q code media the website says first story coming 2024 new information on both of these new ips will be shared in the months ahead according to a post by absurd ventures are you interested in dan who's new company let us know in the discord but in the meantime gentlemen lord ashens what do you make of all this So it's not
1: a video game company then, it's a more traditional story They present Mm. themselves
0: as an entertainment company that they're going to tell stories through the medium of film, graphic novel, audio drama, and games. So they're saying that they're going to cover all bases.
1: Mm, Interesting. It's interesting they've gone in for the graphic novel and audio fiction because they're both... I was going to say cheap, that's not true, is it relatively cheap when you compare them to you know, uh, some sort of TV series or a film or indeed a video game. Mm. Um, so it's quite sensible, aren't they? Starting off with the smaller stuff and then build up from there, I suppose.
0: My understanding for time. what they're doing with these is that they are building two universes through the medium of these rather, as you say, start-up ventures in terms of a graphic novel and an audio fiction series that's going to build a world in which they can tell more stories, possibly in a gameplay way. Ooh. Aren't they the entertainment moguls? As soon as we've got an entertainment mogul on, do you think this is a nice way to... <laughs> yes, you! Lord Ashens! <laughs> this is a nice way to build a universe in which you can tell stories. Would you love this privilege if you could have it? Can be done. Um <clears throat>
1: I suppose... It's a difficult one because I, I always go into, I've, I've never been into universe building. I'm more sort of storytelling, if you're with me. So it's like, here's a story you want to tell. That one's done. If there's a universe created, great. But, you know, that's not um, first on the agenda. So it's, it's often a bit of a worry when somebody's like, oh, I'm going to create this framework and this universe, and then we're going to tell stories from within it. It's like, have you got a really good story to start with? Have you? No, <laughs> don't tell me the dog ate it. You know, have you actually got something to... Uh, back into- I'm sure they have, because they're not daft. I mean, they're very sort of seasoned industry professionals. So um, hopefully whatever comes out should be good. But it's interesting that they've done one as the graphic novel and one as the audio fiction. Yeah, games.
0: I I thought that. Yeah. Apparently it's two different IPs and two different universes that they're building. The existential, yeah. existential suspense thriller is one, and then this other... I mean, it sounds like a fun story. Badly damaged American families in a world of corrupt business, net politics, and bungling crime. It's laugh a minute, really. Um, look at- <laughs> One for the kids.
3: they'll <laughs> yeah, love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look out. poor Patrol's finished. Don't worry. American capers coming up. That'll keep you quiet. <laughs> uh- Fascinating set of circumstances, but I wish them all the best. Hopefully, I mean, one has to imagine they couldn't come out the gates with a GTA clone. I think everyone would expect them to do that. So, oh God, yeah. I guess they've mm. had to build something different, they've left all that tech behind—the Rage Engine, all of that—and they're starting again. I guess this is how you start to build a, a universe. Interesting.
1: It's, it's harder to get people's attention with uh, audio fiction drama. So, mm. yeah, that would be that would be interesting.
0: I imagine episode one will be the most downloaded audio fiction drama in the world in the hope that they will leave some nugget in there about their GTA killer, which they're probably not building, but most of the universe will click <laughs> on in the hope yeah. that they are.
1: Yeah. Um, I noticed one of the people who went over was their um the head of marketing from Rockstar has gone over. So
0: Yeah, that, that's if, an interesting. I think
1: thing. they'll know how to promote it. I think I think yeah, that's obviously very central to what they're doing. So, Well, let's face it. If you want to make a universe and tell us the stories from it, you've got to get people interested in it. And if you want people to be interested in something, you've got to advertise it. So, yeah.
0: Then you've got to sell the cups, the flamethrowers, and the thermos flasks. <laughs> in RG- <that> order. <laughs> <laughs> RGT, what's this next bit of news?
1: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: You love listening to podcasts. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today.
2: Sony Go K-pop. Wow. Uh, yeah, around six months ago, Korean media reported that Sony was sniffing around the region's local talent in order to shore up content for emerging studios. In the past few weeks, it's signed deals with Stellar Blade developer Shift Up and MMO maker NCSoft both of which were predicted by business outlets MTN. But according to the original report, the Japanese giant was planning investment in a trio of other studios, most notably Black Deserts, Pearl Abyss, Lies of P, and Neowits and Summoners Wars.com to US. At the time, media framed it as PlayStation's response to Microsoft's unprecedented acquisition of Activision Blizzard, but it doesn't seem particularly out of character for the firm. It's been scouring emerging nations like China for some time. Uh, for example, additionally, earlier this year, it announced the India Hero project, which will see it nurture and cultivate local teams in the area. Obviously, nothing's uh, been announced yet, and it's perfectly feasible negotiations could fall through. But seeing as we've seen deals with Shift Up and NCSoft announced this month, it's uh, perfectly possible more may follow with the industry increasingly finding itself embroiled in an acquisition war, locking down content from overlooked outfits could be one road to success for the firm. Mm.
0: What do you make of that RGT? Does that seem like a wise business move to go looking for some of these nuggets that might've been overlooked when the big heads were getting scout?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I think at the moment with, ridiculous sums in which some of these studios are going for at the moment. I think it's maybe do you go, you know, for the big studios or do you try and find these, you know, my phrase, hidden gems <laughs> of studios, yeah. you know, which are producing some work and maybe look in areas where no one else is, because I mean people are paying top dollar for studios at the moment. So why not? Do you know what I mean? Give it give it a go. You never know. You know, there could be could be some good games coming out of there.
0: I mean historically The West has used Korean developers to do all the hard grind. Indian developers do the hard grind. I know Forza, as an example, a lot of the cars get punted over there for them to work on the models and such. Mm. No doubt it's an unfortunately more cost-affordable way of doing it. Mm. Um, And if you've got to process 600 cars in a very short space of time and you need them all to be tickety-boo, then you need them to, to do that. So quite often it's been... I don't know, I don't want to say the sweatshop of the games industry, but it's nice to see them actually getting the recognition and their games coming to the forefront. um, Lies of P as an example, where these things are getting recognition on their own for being good games. Yeah. For them now to be recognised by someone far more intelligent than me at Sony that probably recognised them probably 18 months ago or (laughs) even more, and -hmm. to pick them up and incorporate them, I think that's, I think it should be applauded. You know, they're... There's some good stuff there, and quite a shrewd move, for may be so bold. Obviously, if you blow in $70 billion or some other ridiculous amount on Activision Blizzard to swoop up the COD team, you, and you've really got to start being snappy with your money if you don't have Bill Gates' spare change down the back of the sofa to go on a shopping spree with. So, yeah, what do you think about this whole industry consolidation shtick? Lord Ashens, uh, do you think that um, we're all going to end up just staring at one multi-platform box and we pay our subscriptions to play their games, or do you that's live what in... They hun- want. <laughs> it is what our Lord and Masters want. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You're one of them now, so <laughs> you're in. <laughs> I wish.
1: Um, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, investing in something like Neowiz makes perfect bloody sense, because Lies of P has kind of come out of nowhere, and everybody's loving it, and whatever they make next is gonna have a number of eyes on it and it's probably gonna be pretty good. So you know, makes sense. But it's just that worrying homogenization hamburger machine of we will acquire studio, studio acquired, studio makes game, we have fiddled with game, game has failed, we put them on old IP, close studio, and it just goes round and round mm. again, doesn't it? I mean that's, that's that's more of an Activision thing perhaps, but I,
0: don't I know think I think they're annoying. all guilty of that in some way shape or form you're absolutely right and that's probably sony less so but then again you know they shut studios like i i don't know shut doors in my life and um what's what's left out there you talk of this sort of strange homogenization of the whole industry where we're kind of paying we're going to end up it's the future we're all just doing the netflix of games
1: they keep trying it, don't they? <laughs> I'm not, not entirely sure it's been particularly successful so far. He says, looking at his stadia. Oh wait, it's gone. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'll just look at my on live. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a difference. It worries me a bit as well with this. I really like the idea that they're actually putting money into, you know, emerging na- emerging nations, as you said. You know, where there's people in India and China, et cetera, potentially making good stuff. And you're like, ah, oh, we'll put some money in there. Yeah, brilliant. But then comes the whole ownership thing as well, isn't it? Like, isn't it? There should be a way for them to sort of reach a global market and succeed better on their own, as opposed to having to go through the gatekeepers. But do you see the gatekeepers are not to be trusted? You know.
0: Well, that's the thing. I see like a bit of a disturbing trend. I've spoken about this before on air, and I was speaking to someone about movies, about it generally. Are big entertainment houses or studios like Sony and Xbox, are they scared to take a risk? Movie studios as well. They have a lot of information about Star Wars, so they can quite easily make another Star Wars because they know they can see, based on previous stuff, they can see a return on another Yoda hat or a Darth Vader pair of socks. So we'll make another Star Wars that's safe. Some guy knocks on the door and says, I've got this idea for a new movie, and they say I'm not interested. Do you think that's an element of what's going on with the games here, like Sony? Oh, yeah. I think
1: games are are always trailing the movie industry a little bit behind this. And Disney is such a perfect example of this at the moment, where their latest film, Wish, appears to have been almost fitted together by sort of groups who have just gone, this bit was popular, crank that up. This bit of that film was popular, crank it up, all of that. And they've ended up with this film that nobody likes and is apparently mm. properly not good. And I mean, for a major Disney release, that's almost unheard of. I mean, people like some Disney films more than others, but when is a Disney film bad? It's never mm. really bad, is it? And this one is apparently just sort of, oh, like sort of four out of ten substandard.
0: Where, where does Herbie Goes joy, Bananas fit you know? into this strange eclectic mix?
1: Uh, 11 out of 70 um <laughs> obviously uh oh no 70 out of 11 sorry oh, get, get, get <laughs> by the Herbie fans there um but they've now had basically come out and said oh yeah well we, we're just going to have to invest in quality not quantity you're Like, oh shit so you're going to make good things wow you geniuses you know how has this happened where everything's just been sort of pulled apart it's the is the difference between cinema and content in this sense it's just viewed as content it's something to put out get people to watch get people to buy the merch nobody if you manage to get any sort of art and story through you're kind of having to force it through a bit and I think they're looking to try and kind of do the same thing with games, but I'm not sure it's really going to work. Mumsy, because change, games... the web-
0: change the website, Mumsy. We don't make content now. Lord Ashton <laughs> said that. <No>. Hashtag <laughs> content. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's that thing of
1: games are a little bit more involved, aren't they? You know, you can get away with a, your latest FIFA is always going to sell a million and probably a Call of Duty or something, although people seem to be backlashing on the last one of those. So, er, but... It's, it's a worrying trend. You can't keep sort of forensically pulling things apart and sticking them back together then wondering why nobody's interested in what you've got. You've got to take risks. Um, the other problem that the games industry, the big boys have been moving towards, and thank God we've got all the indie stuff on you know, Steam and the other platforms, is the classic bloody thing of everything's got to make all the money that's mm. it every you know th- i know this movie's going to cost 150 million dollars but it has to make us a billion you know? well why don't you make 20 films for like seven million dollars or something and you're probably going to lose money probably lose the whole lot on half of them probably yeah, sort of break even on another five one of them's probably going to make you a fair bit of money and one will probably go stratospheric and then give you we've got a new ip guys and we can do new things with it because you know, the, the audience doesn't know what they want until you show it to them, obviously. Yeah. So you've got to make these things, but they won't. You know, they're just, they've just been doubling dis- Disney again, actually, isn't it? Just doubling down again and again into bigger and bigger projects and then sort of fitting them, parts of one thing into another, and now people have lost interest and they're absolutely pouring money down the drain.
0: They didn't expect their little zombies to let them down so much did they i think they expected us to just lap it up like a fresh meal in front of us but it's a meal that they've made out of yesterday's leftovers and it tastes gross yeah. i
1: mean mm. the whole marvel cinematic universe thing they it really felt like a really natural and well done end point at the end of end game it did and then you kind of oh we'll have a spider man or whatever as maybe an epilogue but now it's like oh no it's continuing but everything's a bit different. Blah blah blah, blah, blah nobody's really that interested now. It's just getting diminishing returns again and again and again because people have now lost interest in this whole shared thing. I mean, they kept it going for like a decade.
0: They did, which was phenomenal.
1: You know, these things do come to an end. And
0: Do you think that this, that as an example, and then to cross that across games with the, you know, we see things on the horizon, as you say, movies are almost the, the leader for where the games industry is going. Are we going to see them keep sort of threshing these dogs until we beg them to stop? What's the point that makes them go, yeah, enough's enough? Because to use the Marvel scenario, have they actually started to damage that original 10 year run with this carry on? Well,
1: it's the thing of when it starts really losing money. Simple as that. Um, I guess now. To- <laughs> yeah that's it I mean, a company like exactly yeah a company like microsoft etc have incredibly unfathomably deep pockets and can eat a lot of loss etc but even the relatively large second runners can't have massive games that fail very often you know so mm-hmm. a couple of those and they're probably going to have to think of something else or what will actually happen is they'll probably just get bought out by somebody else for the ip or something and mm-hmm. yeah. who knows
0: and he gets a fresh pair of stockings stuck out on the street one more time. Yeah. He's got one. Star Wars has got one last radio <laughs> in it yet, for sure. Remaking <laughs> just, the original movies.
1: Oh, my goodness. Imagine that. No, don't oh. imagine that. It's no,
0: don't. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> this last bit of news. Lord Ashens. would you grace us with your delicate tones? Certainly.
1: Atari has announced. Sorry, <laughs> Atari has announced that the stupendous compilation Atari Fifty, the anniversary celebration, will be getting even more games via several free content updates. The first of these is launching next week on December the fifth, and will bring twelve Atari two thousand six hundred titles to the collection, comprised of prototypes, homebrews, and official titles. Atari 2600 homebrews? You really want to get into that? <laughs> oh, it's really good. Google that,
0: kids. Yeah, yeah. blame facts.
1: Oh. Future <laughs> planned updates have been confirmed to include even more games, along with additional concept art and behind the scenes interviews with industry legends, expanding the already excellent timeline from the birth of the arcade title Computer Space in 1971 to the death of the Atari Jaguar in 1996. As for which games might be included, Atari has left some cryptic hints in its Twitter post, two of which may well be Basketball and Steeplechase. (laughs) Wow. But we're personally hoping for classics like Joust, Pitfall and Frogger, along with maybe a few licensed gems like Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark, and E.T. the Extraterrestrial.
0: Now, Lord Ashens, you quite rightly frame the 2600 uh, in your sort of throwaway comment as being a little bit... She's a little bit antique now. Mm. Do you think many of the cool kids, uh, the younger generation, are going to be asking for Father Christmas to bring them the Atari 50 anniversary celebration in their stocking? Oh, God, no. Um,
1: I think the the problem with nostalgia for video games in general is, I think, and this is a theory we'll be able to test over the next 10, 15 years, Mm. I honestly think that it's very hard to play games that were made before you grew up. Because when you grow up, you make all the concessions, it's the best there is, blah, 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 and it always seems good to you. Things made before are difficult. And I find the Atari 2600 quite difficult. And I did play some of the games when I was very young, but it was a Spectrum I had, which obviously had a bit more oomph to it. So I never really go back into play 2600 games at all. Um, and I'm so shocked at their inclusion of homebrews because most of those were genuinely yeah, there was a reason they weren't licensed, you know. There's a lot of articles you can read on the internet. As a family-friendly podcast, I will not even be touching on that. The
0: coin of phrase, uh, they yeah. were maybe a cheese and onion poundland sandwich. Mm, if if that is
1: pornographic, then yes.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Clear yes, search history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, don't you have a macro for that, come on. Um, yes, yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure it will do all right amongst... Older I don't really know who this is for. It's odd. But Atari, it, well, we say Atari, it's more sort of the necrotic remains of Atari, which just license <laughs> things out now, really, isn't it? So it's just like, we own these, let's try and sell them. You know, It
0: makes me sad so, that even though we're going to go from computer space in 1971 through to the Atari Jaguar in 1996, I guarantee you they won't be having any Atari ST bangers on there. They'll forget that, uh, that machine ever existed.
1: Mm, yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know what they'll say. I'll just play the Amiga version. It's got slightly better music. (sighs) Man, we want Panorama. We We want Time Bandit. We want. Did you have an Atari ST? Yes,
0: brother. That's two people plus Terry Blow that's now emigrated to New Zealand. There's three Atari ST owners, (laughs) and we've now all met each other. This is wonderful.
1: Oh, the, the ST was the big computer um when i was at school for some reason then things moved along and the amiga became the computer because the st sort of died off earlier didn't it so um, it, it it
0: sadly <laughs> did i had an st yeah. when everyone else at school had an amiga it was uh, me and Ooh. terry we were fighting a rear guard action with uh no no second prize that motorbike game by ubisoft oh so good there was a lot so of good. um the way that controlled with the mouse, you're the, the only person that even knows what the hell I'm even talking mm. about, Lord Ash. I'm very yeah, absolutely. Grateful. Superb game. And
1: the Amiga version was given away on the cover of the last ever edition of Amiga Power magazine, if I remember. That which is, is it's actually an pointless bit of trivia. And I don't know why I said that. But what did. Because it was about no <laughs> second prize. And what a great yeah. thing to give away at the death. Mm. <sighs> So good. Oh, was it Vroom, the sequel to No, I'm sure it was no second prize. Oh God, I've forgotten everything.
0: Vroom <laughs> was the Vroom <laughs> yeah. was not what it should have been. I got mm-hmm. Vroom excitedly and then realized that compared to Jeff Cramon's Microprose Grand Prix, it Ooh. was basically Ooh.
3: Ooh.
0: apples and oranges. Yeah. It was a filth it- did not did Vroom not become F one on Mega Drive. It did, I believe, yeah.
1: <laughs> the thing i i didn't i'm not a big racing go- uh racing game guy but um i remember in vroom being amazed when if you were overtaking somebody and you just hit or sort of ran over their wheel with yours you could leap into the air and maybe jump people and i was like okay this is amazing then i discovered if you do it twice you break all your axles <laughs> damn wow. that, that seemed like really good fun but i i do understand why they didn't let you do that but
0: when we were when we were a younger age, some of these I look at my kids when they play games. I mean, they're they're full teenagers now, but they, they as a child you kind of extract humour out of a game or enjoyment out of a game in a way that's completely unorthodox the way it was actually designed to be played. I kind of guess we do that now, but I always find I sit down and kind of follow the narrative more. As a child, I'd have been. I don't know, trying to glitch break a bin or something ridiculous. I don't know what.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the YouTuber Dad Nerd Cubed is the absolute master at this because he's such a creature of chaos and he always attacks any game from such a weird creative um, sort of direction, doing something absolutely bizarre to break it or something you wouldn't think of doing normally. So he has such fun with these sort of sandbox and open games that I just probably wouldn't you know, spend the sort of time with It's being able to tap into. I think that sort of slightly chaotic energy of I'm going to see what I can break and then build things and then break them and see what happens. You know, oh, it's he's channeled his inner
0: eight year old. Exactly that. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of the news community corrections. Did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion or take on the news? We missed. If so, RGT, how would the collected masses get in contact and say, George, you don't know what you're talking about. You've never played a game. And Lord Ashen's should be signed to the show over immediately. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you can let us know all that information at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. You can DM us on Instagram or Twitter, or you can do what all the cool kids do and join, join the Discord that we don't talk about.
0: You see, we've we've, we've stumbled across an issue. When we pump the Discord, which is totally free, Lord Ashens, and say everyone should go here, you can talk to us, you can continue the show, you can talk about the things that you've heard, we find people don't want to because they feel like everyone's doing it. So when we play it down low, pretend that we're not even that bothered about it, we don't even mention the Discord, all that sort of stuff, they flood in. Mm. Speaking of Discord as well, um, I've got an apology to make. A community correction, good sir, or an apology? What have you done? An
2: apology. Um, I forgot to announce October's comment in the month.
0: Oh, I I thought you'd abducted one of the member's children or something. This is nothing. (laughs) This is inconsequential.
2: Um, Anyway, getting (laughs) back to the comment quickly. um, (laughs) Yeah, so the winner of October was um, Marathon Gaming with Scott as uh, community manager Bobaloba picked for us. Uh, What's he won? Well, he is one either a UCP t-shirt or a £10 um, voucher for either your PS Store, your Xbox or your Nintendo. So Scott, DM me, let me know if you want a t-shirt or if you would like a £10 top-up. Either way, no problem, my friend. And he's very good, Scott, because he's always pumping us on the... On the tube, and the uh, as a cool kids say, the, the, uh, he's on and the reason, London like, Underground on the tube? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do I sign <laughs> up for this? What? Yeah, he just stands there with a sandwich board walking up the day with UCP written on it. Um, wow. yeah, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he, he won comment, and that was for basically um, just being a big fan of the show. And he basically put uh, to set a new join of the show, he just said, uh, Welcome to the world's number one gaming community discord my personal ranking system so because he uh got the uh, flattery award as well he's won himself either a t-shirt a 10 pound up. so uh yeah keep pumping us scott we really appreciate it mate. And no uh,
0: get the Ponsabri credit card out i'm a lord as well lord ponserbury let's send him both it's christmas
2: yeah why not then yeah i'll get you t- send me a size for a t-shirt and um, mine you know what... Medium. no not you oh uh <laughs> <shmedium>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Somewhere between a small and a medium. We'll basically get me a large, all right? Get you a marge. Um, so- <laughs>
2: <laughs> will be the
0: first thing I've smeared across my chest. <laughs> yeah,
2: that is is any Christmas. Um, so, yeah, so we'll get that for you, Scott. And I will just also say, sorry, so now we want to move on, um, but the challenge accepted was won this month by Ginge. So well done, Ginge. Um, and the challenge was the first level of Sonic 2. It's hang cool- on, as-
0: hang on. What's he won? Uh, it's just bragging rights, the uh,
2: challenge accepted. It's, just bra- it's run by Digital Monkey. He does it every month. We had the Tony Hawk's Challenge, and this month was Sonic 2, Emerald Hill Zone. How quick could you do the level? Like, shouldn't Ginge Ging, Ging win something? He can do if you if you want him to win something, but the others for- haven't won something who have won, so it's <sighs> which was just for bragging rights. Plus, you're going to bankrupt me. Um, didn't, you try,
0: <gasps> didn't I try and give something away last time, and you said no?
2: Probably. Uh, you put, yeah, but I think 9 times out 10, you're trying to give away my car or my Mega Drive or something or other you're trying to give away. Send to your
0: wife, Donna. Uh, okay. And get her to deliver a UCP fridge magnet to him. Would Has you he mind, got
2: one? Would you mind picking her up? Because postage is quite expensive
0: at the moment. So if he wouldn't I, mind... I, just... I think he would.
2: Okay, done. Um, <laughs> and then... Um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. IJT, I didn't mean that. Poke some um, air holes in for Donna so she can... But anyway, he done... Not it a monster.
2: 20 seconds. he done Emerald Hill Zone in 20 seconds, which is not far off the world record, which is I, very,
0: very impressive. I don't think oh I can even turn the Mega Drive on that quickly.
2: Yeah. Um, they were, there was 22... Two of them on 22 seconds, two on 23. I mean, it was amazing. Harry done 20 seconds. Send
0: him a fridge yeah. magnet, God damn it.
2: Yeah, they were all all really trying for the whole month that was brilliant um it's a great little concept quick and easy little challenges that don't take long everyone can join in um and so this month's is uh mario kart how quick can you complete the seven laps of baby park which opens it up because you can play that on gamecube Wii you we and so there'll be a table coming out soon of who can do the quickest seven laps on there
0: do they have to confess the format they've played it on? Because no doubt one of these scoundrels is going to find some sort of glitch or loop that wasn't on this version, but is on that version. If you play it on the GameCube version, you can yeah. use Bowser to on a sort of freak jump over a, I don't know what <laughs> it is, a wampa, Wamper or something like that. And then all of a sudden you've done seven laps, tickety-boo, two seconds flat.
2: Yeah, I think um, most people take their screenshots and say what um, system they're playing on. But just bear in mind, if you're playing on Switch, if you're playing Grand Prix, uh, Grand Prix mode, it won't give you your time. So mm-hmm. yeah. so just be, that was what Digital Monkey said, to just be aware if you're playing on Switch, don't play in the Grand, Grand Prix mode. You'll have
0: don't to play. play in the groin?
2: The Grand Prix mode. <laughs> Good not, advice for life. Yeah, don't play in the groin pre-mode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, sorry, that was um, my notes for that. So, yeah,
0: carry on. Right, well, we've got the green flag from you, so we push forward. Marvelous. That's, that's the news done. We've come to the I always find this odd because I say the sandwich, but you're the filling in the sandwich, Lord Ashins. So to call you a sandwich, you are like ham and cheese. I don't know what you are. You might even be you might even be pigs under blankets at this rate. You know, you're a grade A sandwich filling as far as they're concerned. Let's get stuck into a little bit about you. Where do we start? I mean, first joined YouTube in 2006 What sort of a heady Wild West, you went out and stuck a claim down in the Wild West and said, I am want to build a gold mine here, if you don't mind, please. And one would imagine it was probably a grind for your first oh, yeah. 100,000 subs. What
1: there, there happened? Was, my God, there, there was no gold in those days.
2: There was, <laughs> an, a, there was an unknown platform as well, so you didn't really know what's going to... Yeah, you know. I,
1: I started off doing videos that you had to download from, like we send it not net or something WMV files because wow. um, there, there were no, you know, video sharing sites very quickly. They came along. So of course, always backing the winner. I went with the Google video. It closed down eight seconds later when they bought YouTube. <laughs> um, Winning.
3: <yeah.
1: laughs> Hashtag. Ye. So I thought I'd better start a YouTube channel. Um, yeah. So that was relatively quickly after the site opened, I suppose. There wasn't much on it in the early days. Um, Mind you, I say that as in very early days, because my God, that took off quick, that site, as I think we're all aware of. Um, Yeah, and it just kind of, I basically did a video. I did a couple of things just to amuse myself, like a video of my pet rabbit pretending to explode. Is that video Um, still online? Almost certainly. I never delete anything, generally. Um, Oh, wow. I think the first video (laughs) on my channel is me doing a skit about using action figures based on corporate um, sort of attitudes towards open-source
0: software, which is, you know, <laughs> the, the real real grandma-pleasing humour. Um, that, that's the sort of thing that makes the algorithm yeah. sing, Lord Ashen. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Sure, yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> how PewDiePie started, we all know. Um, yeah, then I did a review of a knockoff off um, Sony PSP, the pop station, mm. which uh, somebody spotted, basically we were on this... Um, internet forum for an old video games journalist. And um, somebody spotted this thing. They were like, oh my God, look at that. I thought, oh, that's funny. It's only a fiver. So I bought it and just improvised this sort of video showing what it does, basically, um, on my dad's old sofa. Um,
0: Is that the brown one? Oh, yes. Still the same one. It's still the
2: same one. That is amazing. So So there's
0: very little of it left now, but it does exist. I have a question about the brown sofa, because I do distinctly remember an episode where you kind of tried to upgrade the suite. And you took said brown sofa outside, and I do believe there was an uproar about, there was sofa gate, and then you (laughs) had to go outside into the, wherever you dump a sofa, Lord Ashens, and then bring that back. Is this some sort of no, weird fever dream of mine? or is it this- completely wrong, so well done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Community corrections is going to be a buzz this week, Laura. No, you.
1: there was just a gag once where basically I just literally took one part of the sofa, because it was modular, you could take it apart into various pieces. It's not any more, because there's only one bit left. Um, you can't be modular on your own. So I, I took one part <laughs> of it out to a nearby field and just put it out in there and filmed like the last little bit in it. And then I think the gag is, so anyway, now that's done, where the hell am I? And then I zoomed out the camera, which was actually really zoomed in, to reveal it was in the middle of this overgrown field. And it just, <laughs> that's quite a good gag. Then I had to carry it all the way back home and didn't tell my dad. Um, but <laughs> Hang on, the there's ownership
0: issue. issues here. Is this your father's sofa?
1: Oh, it was. He's dead now. He can't have it. It's Ooh, in the wheel. <laughs> That'll... <laughs> <laughs> i cross. didn't kill him um <laughs> moving on uh, yeah. uh here's thing right yeah i can hear the sirens um yeah no joking aside yeah it was yeah it was my dad's something he used to have in his living room with his old wallpaper and stuff yeah um and i uh, basically when he didn't want it anymore which wasn't that long after getting it. We had to get rid of it, so I gave a couple of bits to friends. They have sadly been lost to time. Um, And I kept, like, two bits, I think, two or three, and they've just sort of disintegrated over the years. Now there is only one piece remaining.
0: What do you think you're going to do when it finally shuffles off the mortal coil?
1: I'll have to get a replica made or something. Mm. Uh, oh, God. that's yeah. Imagine the money you'd have to spend to get something to look like a ratty 70s sofa. Oh. Yeah, that's, be that's a prop house. One day. There's got to yeah. be a
0: prop house somewhere that could just make that happen instantaneously.
1: As people say, about, Oh, could you find one of the old ones? I doubt it I don't think it's properly fire resistant. So a charity shop probably wouldn't have touched one of those for 25 years. Yeah, they <laughs> can't sell, week, can yeah, they? Yeah, it's no, a, yeah. The
0: strange thing about that. Okay, well, with the sofa gate put to bed, it was all a fallacy, much like JFK. It was some sort of weird conspiracy that I must have dreamt.
1: I did occasionally use a different sofa in my office, but that was purely logistical.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. It wouldn't be the first time I've had a fever dream on here, Lord Ashens, and I don't somehow feel it'll be the last.
2: Oh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so your YouTube channel hit 1 million subs in 2015. How did that feel? Was that, was that something you celebrated, or did it click by and you were just getting a KFC somewhere randomly, or did you watch it come home?
1: Oh, we definitely watched it come home because uh, my friend had uh, an Android phone and it broke and wouldn't connect to the network anymore, but it still connected via Wi-Fi. So rather than throw it away, I said, tell you what, give it here. And what I did was plugged it into the um, USB, so it had permanent power, put it on that... You, there used to be like a live page you could look at, I can't, can't remember the name of it now, which would just tell you exactly how many um, YouTube subscribers a channel had, any channel, and... And this is back when they would show you the exact amount. And it would just keep going. And I just literally blue-tacked it to the wall near the computer when I was getting close. And so then, like, every day, you just look at it occasionally and go, oh, getting towards a million. Getting Mm. towards a million. And then as soon as it went over, yes, I knew immediately. So
0: I don't think I did, because I think it was the middle of the night. But, you know, it's the (laughs) best So no. (laughs) Okay, you let it sail by while you were sleeping. Mm -hmm. Did it feel like you, did? do you attach some sort of, significance to that were you was it a happy moment or was it something that was just one of those things on your journey
1: oh no it's a great moment because i mean it's ultimately kind of meaningless it's just a number but it's a very big number and it's a very round number and humans like these things Mm. um so yeah that was that was a very cool thing especially because youtube then sends you the big old play button oh yeah for the million as well so that was bloody cool it only took me about 40 years to actually get them to send it, but they did. Mm. Fair play. And it's one of the early ones, which you never see come up for sales. God knows what it's worth. At like probably 18 pence, maybe 20. <laughs> um, so it's like a big metal thing in this massive frame. It's unbelievable. It weighs, I can't remember, I did have to weigh it because I wanted to put it on the wall in my office, but the wall will not support it. Like, it's so bloody heavy, yeah, because it's a really old building. Um, it, literally Tudor, so the walls are like horsehair and urchin spit or something. <laughs> so um, it has to sit on the floor because I actually can't mount it to the wall
0: safely. It's so heavy. So it's modern one one's the skirting farclean. board height.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not that they <laughs> invented skirting boards when they built that building, but yeah, it cannot be mounted on that wall. And if you do, you have to use like those massive things that you use to mount t- televisions to a wall. Seriously. Wow. Ah, uh, one day it will be on a wall and then it'll fall off and I'll be sad. Well,
0: is it breakable? God, yes, it's
1: glass. Yeah, it has a big glass front. Mm. Does it? Yeah.
0: Like you say, I mean, you do not see those anymore. You see the one, all the kind of golden metal looking ones, but you don't yes. see the the clear ones.
1: Yeah, they're the real old school boys, Yeah the clear, the modern ones make a lot more sense because they're so much easier to sort of deal with but it's very cool to have one of the big old heavy
0: mm. bastards <laughs> 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 so what a question i have um 2006 obviously you've been messing around with the the share, the fa- the files that you had to download and you obviously felt like you were trying to establish some form of online presence what what backed that? What made you think, yes, I need to keep pushing videos onto the internet? It was the fact that people liked the
1: first one, um, which I didn't kind of expect because it basically the first one was just shown to like thirteen people on internet forum. I thought that would be the end of it. Obviously, you know, but it got picked up by Beta, the big old Friday Creative newsletter, um, and like seventy thousand people watched it. Wow. Whatever. What? In fact, I think that the seventy thousand might have even been before YouTube. I think they had to download the file or something. It's like back in those days, that was an unbelievable amount of people. You know, that, like that, that's hell. a
0: scary amount of people. Mm, yeah. Do you think you conspire to the? Let's say you've you've got one point six million subs. I always think there's like a one percent of your community that are very involved and and very interactive with what you're doing. So let's say there's 100,000 now. I'm not very good at maths. I'm from Lincolnshire. So I've probably had to take my socks off to do these numbers. How does it feel that you could put out a video tomorrow commanding your army to appear somewhere and you would assemble with 160,000 <laughs> troops ready to rain don't hell think down? don't would work.
1: No. <laughs> it's very hard to get people to do something, especially if it was physically going somewhere. Um, so basically me, me, my mum, and that. a Tupperware
0: and a picnic blanket, we would be there to yeah. support you exactly
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. and and maybe dennis and that's it really. Yeah. okay unknown dennis
0: yeah. rgt are you coming or no oh yeah definitely that would make us his generals, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> generals. First. <laughs> put the video out tomorrow please <laughs> now i've on the way in to this section i've joked about the sandwiches and we've talked about all that sort of stuff because you have kind of formed a little bit of a, a niche for yourself where you would you would put things in your mouth that not even I would consider. And and here, what I'm talking about is a Poundland chicken sandwich. You took your life in your house. Ha- I know. I've seen the canned chicken. I've seen the 20-year-old. I've, I've seen all the – for me, the, the most dangerous and scared I ever was was the Poundland sandwiches. I have a thing <laughs> about chicken. It terrifies me. In its winged form <laughs> – Plucked, cooked, and in a sandwich, I'm never too sure about it. It's a bit mm. too dinosaur-y. Yet you but, happily munched on these.
1: They were Fine, the Poundland sandwiches are quite good. They're all made by the same company that does all the supermarkets, I believe. I think they used to be quite bad, but I don't think I had one back in those days.
2: I, th- quite, I think but- for me, I think the, the, the video got me. What was the... Was it the fifty-year-old drink, like the foaming drink, rather than? The, oh, the, oh the, that was the crystal, was like, wasn't it? It was yeah. like drink. You said it was like that. Drink and bleak, and I could actually. Yeah. Me, me and Mrs. RGT watched that in shock because we were like, "I think, <laughs> I think he has actually hurt himself this time." <laughs> so I could just see you in the back going, "Oh, oh,
1: oh,
3: I was yeah,
2: like, oh that no!" Was,
1: that was bad. Uh, that was not the best. Um. But I survived, mostly. Yeah. So did you Did you used... To use, did, am I right in thinking you used vodka to rinse your mouth Yes, I always do that, which I'm about 99% sure is pointless. But it's <laughs> one of those things... Kindly, you feel like you want to do something, you know. Yeah.
0: One it... thing I would say, Lord Ashens, is you sold me on that concept, and if I ever now was going to eat, I don't know, maybe a dog feces, I'll definitely wash my mouth out with <laughs> vodka. Now you're telling me that that wouldn't save me from a tapeworm. I'm actually quite concerned. I mean,
1: it takes the taste away. That's all you can. That's the best you can hope for. I think if it does do anything else, then
0: mm, okay. it's not going to kill a microscopic tapeworm egg. You're going to have to deal with that yourself. Okay, that's. <laughs> <laughs> my god well we had to cover off the, we had to cover off the eating and drinking here we had yeah. to cover off the eating and drinking Um, now there's so many different ways we can go with you sir and I want to be respectful of your time but you've, you've appeared on TV you've appeared on the BBC online comedy uh called Ashen's Tech can you tell us a little oh, yeah. bit more about that
1: oh that was fun we did that for Hattrick Productions who had a basically a deal my understanding is they had to deal with bbc online
0: comedy yeah what else have they done because i remember was that, that the little rabbit, rabbit? yeah Pro- that's the production yes
1: oh yeah have i got news for you is their big one yes ah
0: yeah of course yeah, yeah. but about so a lot
1: of other stuff over the years
0: yeah. what came of that and did you was that like a natural progression of youtube and your other content where you felt like that was a good evolution for you to go to that space
1: it's just an opportunity that came up, really. In the, in the early days, you would get things like this, um, where sort of old media would go, oh, this person seems good at something. Can we do something that sort of works in the new media space but has that kind of a bit more production push behind it, which is what the BBC were after, I think, with their online comedy. So, yeah, um, co-written by a man, mostly written, really, by a very talented man called Andrew Metam, um, who also produced. We did Ashen's Tech Dump, which was six episodes, I think. Uh the f it was sort of split into two parts, oddly. There was like a load of episodes we did like four episodes, then another two. Probably got the numbers wrong there now, but first four episodes were directed by Al Campbell, who you may recognize as Barry Shitpease from um <laughs> uh whatchamacallit. it uh, screen wipe. Yes. <laughs> well,
0: I was gonna I was gonna say Obviously, prior to your BB- to Ashen's Tech Dump, you had some uh, on-screen appearances with uh, Charlie Booker on-screen white. Do you think that sort of prepared... Uh, you're saying no, that didn't happen. No,
1: no not really, no. Um, no, I did a little bit dressed as Mr. Nosey Bonk for it, but that was it.
0: So that didn't uh, kind of pepper the behind-the-scenes people for your acceptance in, as you call, old media. Do you find hey. some resistance to a new, <laughs> young, sexy, upstart YouTube show <laughs> star like yourself? Did some of these people oh. get their... Uh, Backs up a little bit, do their heckles come up when they see you walk in the door? Probably, I
1: honestly can't, can't remember. They, they, it was that sort of industry where it's very sort of closed off anyway, you know, because there's there's not that many opportunities, so people tend to hold on to what they've got, which makes sense, you know. To be honest, yeah. Um, but then we ate them alive, and their industry collapsed. So
0: there's that. So you're now sat above a rotten carcass on an African (laughs) plane, mocking this (laughs) decrepit, (laughs) beastly creature, (laughs) pulling its rotten eyeball out and feasting on it and then swilling out some vodka to make sure you don't get a tapeworm. And then getting really sad because they don't do late-night
1: radio anymore.
0: There's not a lot going on really on TV, is there? I find that it's a place I go to to be periodically disappointed because I'm expecting something highbrow, and normally what I get is Nigel Farage eating a kangaroo's asshole.
1: That's that's an image. How do you tell them apart? <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't think I can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. We've talked about the TV. What follows TV for a lot of people is movies. You went your own way. You decided to make your own. Tell me about, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to keep you all day, Lord Ashens. You're a man that probably wants to flick a couple of coppers in my way, ruffle my hair and say, what a sweet chap and be on your way. But... Well, you're wearing a hat, that's to hide my lack of hair. <laughs> Embrace it,
1: hair is for the week. No, oh, got it. Yes.
0: But the thing is, I haven't had a haircut, so I look like an aged 70s wrestler that's probably an alcoholic as well. RGT, you're laughing, so it's obviously uh, true.
2: Well, we, need, we need to put this one on
0: YouTube. <laughs> Hopefully this never finds its way to me. <laughs> Oh, yes it will. Tell me where the genesis point of actually thinking, do you know what? I want to do a movie. It was the natural evolution for many people back in the day to get to TV. Theater, darling. Mo- TV, movie. What was your journey like towards the movie scene? One that you dragged yourself towards on your own back.
2: Yeah,
1: one of those things, if you see an opportunity... You have to take it. But you also have to wait for an opportunity, which is frustrating. Um, So basically, (laughs) (laughs) it happened at a party, weirdly. So um, we did a, what was it, effectively sort of an advertising series, or what what you'd call it, advotainment. That's a term I've invented that there's probably a better example of. Um, Basically, we did a web series called The Proxy. Ah, um, for Alienware. That's it, by Mm -hmm. Dell Computers, Mm -hmm. yep, who were doing the Alienware stuff at the time. And my God, they wouldn't let us touch their bloody computer. We only had one. Oh, I really want to turn it on and see what it was like. Well, they almost had like a guard near it at all times, you know. Um <laughs> You could do a web on series,
0: sets. but yeah, you're not touching the alienware. <laughs> <exactly, yeah>. yeah. <laughs> actually, really close to how it was really, it was really
1: odd. Yeah. Um, it turns out they only like had one of these things because they hadn't gone through mass production yet. So no wonder they were bloody worried about it, you know. They did wow. all sorts of things, you know. Um well, yeah, we did that. Uh, went very well, and it was the first time I worked with a man called Riyad Barmania, who was the writer of it and also the director. He comes from a um, proper sort of filmmaking background, and we got on really well. Um, worked on the script of it together and stuff. And then uh, that sort of the end of that year, there was a party at the production company, and I was chatting to him and said, uh, "Look, all this crew you brought on and stuff, like they're actual like cinema crew. You know, they they really know their stuff, and like you have a filmmaking background. Could we do a film?" And he said, well, yeah, we could, but how on earth would we get it, um, you know, funded? Because like, there's crowdfunding. But that'd only get you like half. And there's some money around from Google for stuff at the moment. That never happened again. Um, <laughs> like, They remember uh, what you did to their movie platform. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you killed that, you get nothing. It's, it's, it's <laughs> um, yeah, for that, like, get you half. And they were like, oh hang on that's two halves let's do the maths you know um so yeah we just uh made it happen basically we did the crowdfunding and sort of half the money came from that half came from the well I mean, we say it was google, it was google money via the production company um for their original channels they had at the time um the multiverse being the one we had there which mm-hmm. was amazing but being youtube they lost interest and changed direction every three months so that's what happened to all that stuff. Um, but the channels ran for a year, so we we had a really good year. Actually, we made all sorts of content, just absolutely crazy experimental stuff and animations and oh, all sorts of bits and bobs. Did you that feel was like an a astonishing six- year D-
0: during that period? You think you felt like a six former with a joystick? <laughs> That's the kind of sort of experimental phase I'd imagine where you just oh, I see. yeah, <laughs> everything every. Since I've lost my hat, Lord Ashens, I don't even know what's happening anymore. You kind of throw everything at the wall and see what sticks.
3: Yeah. We're
1: a little bit more canny than that. I mean, they wouldn't put um, Google's money towards anything that obviously wasn't going to be very good, you know. Right. Um, But again, you could, especially if you were doing stuff that was produced quite cheaply, you could be a bit sort of experimental with it. There's a lot of interesting stuff on the Multiverse channel. And what was the animation one? Hoo-ha, which is... uh, Astonishing that they managed that because that's one of the most expensive things you can bloody do animation you know
0: animation but, um, yeah mm. to get what a second on screen must cost thousands to actually do
1: oh yeah depending what you're doing absolutely yeah but um yeah that, that was a great year but that was when we made a uh, quest for the game child yeah
3: mm. and,
1: do you look back on that fondly oh massively yeah i remember us finally completing it because it was a very quick run there because obviously we didn't have that much money and you know time is very it's very literally money in the bloody film industry so it all got released and yeah just going up and um, we sometimes talk about this to this day just when it was uploaded and it went live exactly the same time we started playing the film at the premiere um, and it was live for anybody to watch for free on youtube at the time um so it was just amazing to go and watch the film with the crew and that, and then afterwards, sort of go and see sort of the, what the reaction was to it. And I think the prevailing wisdom was at the time nobody watches anything on YouTube that lasts for more than five seconds and doesn't have a roller skating cat. And we end up with like one point seven million views on a feature film. Something wow. I'm not sure I must have said this before somewhere, but the company, um, the production company, also had its own like advertising network on YouTube, and that was a thing and they Hmm. pushed the entire film on the channels on its network as a pre-roll ad, you know, when it comes up with the skip ad thing. So people sat down, like, going, (laughs) oh, here's another bloody ad for wine gums or something, and they're like, and it starts playing (laughs) an entire feature film. And when we looked at the stats, the retention for the entire film, it was an hour 38, something like that, was 20%. So 20% of people who were served what they thought was going to be a five-second ad or something watched entire feature film for free, which I don't not think quite. is something you will ever be able to do again. And I'm pretty sure the company only did it because they knew that. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is a bizarre experiment. We can have fun with that.
0: But yeah. I, I'm actually intrigued by that whole scenario. It's not something you're expecting, is it? And certainly to be delivered yeah. it, um,
1: it did happen again, I believe, when Lego Movie 2 was coming out or something, they put the Lego movie out as a pre-roll, like officially.
3: Oh, I, think. Wow. Was that, I
1: think it was something like Oh, that. the original
0: movie was a yeah. pre-roll to the 22nd advert for Lego Movie 2? Yes, yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> I think it was something like that. I think it was like they put it out as like a pre-roll for the trailer or something bizarre. But,
0: wow, okay. Yeah. Well, But if you don't own
1: both the network and the ad part of it, which I don't think you can do now. That would probably cost an absolute fortune, you know, which is understandable because you're using a lot of YouTube's bandwidth for your ad to
0: show an entire film, you know. Well, I try to write my own theme tunes, but you've actually written books too. When will this multimedia empire of yours stop? And is there any media that you don't think you'll ever touch? We talked about animation. Would you love to do an animated feature?
1: I've, ooh, animated feature, I don't know. Shorts, um, series,
0: something like yeah, that? D-
1: I've done a couple of animated shorts. Um, I've animated stuff, very bad stuff that looks like an old 8-bit game myself in the past, mainly because nobody else would. Um, yeah, anim- animation, the problem with animation is it takes bloody forever, especially if you want it to look half decent, you know. Um, I think the only thing I probably wouldn't do is music, seriously, because I'm not good with music. Neither am I, mean, a, don't let
0: that stop you.
1: <laughs> well, I haven't. On you Spotify, that.
0: best version of Boon you'll ever hear. Let <laughs> me put you in a headlock.
1: If you um, go on Spotify, you can actually hear me singing a song about a spider cake. But um, that's not, by any stretch of the imagination, a serious musical endeavour.
0: <laughs> okay, let's let's rewind the machine and talk about the books. What made you decide I'm going to put pen to paper? Three that times. Happened. Three times? Apparently. Terrible old, vid- terrible, old, terrible old games you've probably never heard of. Attack yeah. of the Flickering Skeletons. Yeah. And then you cranked out more terrible old games you've probably never heard of. And That fin- is Attack of the Flickering Skeletons. And finally, but- 50,000 Shades of Grey.
1: Oh, God. I suppose that's, that's not really a book. That's more of a visual gag, really
0: but you put Amazon it didn't
1: let me have. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, God.
1: God, I've forgotten all about that. Christ, yeah. That was fun. The the joke, for anybody who's not aware, the, the 50,000 Shades of Grey is obviously play on 50 Shades of Grey, but you open it up and it's just the phrase Shades of Grey repeated 50,000 times. <laughs> so it's just a visual gag. You pick up the book, go, oh. Well, I made the mistake on that of just putting it out at the absolute minimum so I didn't make any money from it. And then it sold, like, thousands oh. copies or something.
0: Oh, no. What of oh, serration?
1: <laughs> what were you doing? If I'd only put like 50p on each book, I'd have made, like, I made literally nothing. So stupid. And then somebody complained to Amazon that it wasn't actually a parody of Fifty Shades of Grey, because it isn't. It's, it's just a gag. Wow. And then as a result of this, Amazon said, in order to keep it on there, you have to put in the title, this is a parody of Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm like, but but the problem you had was that it isn't a parody, but you want me to say that it is. <laughs> so I can't do that because I will then be lying to people who might buy it because yeah. it's not a parody. So so I just had to take it off and that was the end of that. And copies of it now go for as much as half a Fennig.
0: Wow. If I was clever enough a man to know what that was, I might even be able to afford one, but I can't. So I, I won't. <laughs> the one of the one of the best things that um, we've turned up about you while we've been searching around the old interweb, and this one speaks to me very clearly because I was a child of the the 80s, I suppose. I was born in the 70s and grew up in the 80s and 90s, and one of the things I remember rushing home for around this time of year was nightmare. Oh yes. Ooh, and nasty. I understand. You got to wear the helm.
1: Well, not the helm because that was nicked. Apparently,
3: <laughs>
1: Traegar stole his own helm. <laughs> yeah. Don't blame you, girl. He's innocent. Um, the, the in one his summerhouse. Use- yeah, yeah It's on the mantelpiece, <laughs> dangerously close to falling off. Um, the one we used was from the one they made for Nightmare Live, which is a really good replica. But yeah. Oh. Uh, because yeah, the original had just gone missing years before. Apparently,
0: so I want you to shatter my illusions, but I also don't because as a child, as a, a child, teen, I suppose I would watch this, and I suppose maybe halfway through the first series, I realised that the people sat on the couch directing the Dungeoneer were having a far more visceral and entertaining experience than the guy sort of stumbling around looking at a blue floor for possibly hours.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> so we, we filmed the um this sort of latter day version in Epic Studios in Norwich, which is the original studio it was filmed in. Really? They recreated the entire setup, even down to having blue screen rather than green screen. Didn't really make any sense because they were digital cameras. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I mean, let's not worry about that. They the fact that they did it and all the old crew came back in. it was bloody amazing. Um but what you don't realise is when you've got that thing on your head, obviously you understand you can't see, but Is a very narrow and long room that you're in, which basically means you walk into the wall all the time. Oh, (laughs) no. Because you can't do do, 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 every few minutes.
0: Yep. Was it? I'm sure it was a great experience and certainly one thing that we would all love to have been involved in. But was it a Never Meet Your Heroes moment? Or is this one that you take to the grave and go, oh, it's a nightmare, son. That's cool. Bloody nightmare, isn't it? Yeah. Well that's my thought, but yeah. you know, yeah. stumbling around, being walked into walls looking at a blue floors, not quite the <laughs> sort of tolkien like esque journey you thought you were going on.
1: Oh, I was savvy enough to to know it would it would quite literally be that. So why <laughs> I let the others be all of the on the um panel, basically, because uh, they uh, th- All of them are absolutely... It's Dan, Phil, and Emma, and they were all absolutely mad on game shows. Absolutely love game shows. You can trace back a history. I think Phil's been on, like, The Weakest Link twice or something. You know, I mean, they're just mad on them. So I knew from their point of view, they're going to be so into the actual gameplay part, so I'll Mm. do the sort of live bit and leave their pretty young faces for the camera while I have a bucket on my head.
0: Did you feel recharged when you put a piece of meat in your knapsack or No. Yes, but it's purely <laughs> psychosomatic. <laughs> Brilliant.
2: I was going to ask you, Stuart, you, you, for a while there, you've done Bartians with, mm-hmm. if people don't know what Bartians is, that was a cross between your names of you and the chef, Barry Lewis. Um, mm-hmm. me and I enjoy Argentina, that dynamic. Yeah, we love Barry Lewis, but we always ask, how did you and Barry meet? Because from your two different areas of YouTube, it's so, so... Different and wide apart. It always amazed me that you're a chef and you, but you still get together and do like will it Soda Stream, will it sandwich toast, will it
0: Soda Stream? What an absolute criminal! Soda Stream and milk
2: (laughs) and coffee. But but how did you actually meet and and come come up with doing these videos? Because they're brilliant, but you're from two completely different backgrounds on the YouTube space. Yeah,
1: basically, we'd both been caught forging luncheon vouchers in Mexico and were in the same jail. And um, we escaped together and had to travel across Mexico. And we basically survived by being a tag team wrestling act called El Fuerte and the Kid. And every night we would swap <laughs> which of us was El Fuerte and which was a kid. Um, we died seven times each. And there was no, no. Uh, what actually happened was... Oh, I'd, I'd love to no, have that tell us.
2: To Mrs. Don't RGG. tell us now. <laughs> no, <laughs> did, now you get he, the truth, I'm afraid. Yeah. Did he tell you how he met Barry? You're not going to believe it. In yes, Mexico.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're not going to believe this because it's obvious lies. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um... What actually happened was, oh, excuse me, hang on. Ah, there we are. Right, let's try that again. What actually (laughs) happened was, um, (laughs) um, it was a YouTube thing at Comic Relief. Comic Relief wanted to get some uh, YouTube people in to do stuff. I went in and uh, we did a special episode of a series called Ideas Men that we did at the time. And I happened to meet Barry there, and, and Barry sort of came over and chatted, because A, he's um a very chatty and friendly guy, mm. um, which is useful for me, because I'm quite introverted, so I probably wouldn't have spoken to anyone hidden in the corner or something Um, but he came over and plus to be perfectly honest we were the only people there of who were probably over 25 (laughs) so uh, (laughs) it was a bit of a natural mesh yeah we just got chatting he said oh we should totally do something oh right. so I went up to um, Western Supermare where he lives and that is the only the first time I met him is the only time Barry has ever actually cooked for me and he cooked an oven pizza and he accidentally dropped it on the floor face down
2: (laughs) what a fraud a, you're a fraud, Barry. And he wasn't, that he wasn't using his gadgets. Fraud is the only thing I've had from him Wow. What a...
0: What a uh, oh, my God.
2: I always fascinate me how you, how you two actually did meet. I, I would yeah. imagine that had been something along the lines of meeting at a, a venue or an event. And, but yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely, yes. It was comic relief in, there. in their London office, which is next to MI6. Which <laughs> is, is, is amazing really? when you go there. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realise this. I'm going there, like... This building's full. There's a lot of armed guards. I think shit. me this is the one. Oh, that's, 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 that's the James Bond one. me when Brad Brosnan's in the special boat. And you know, why, it's actually that place. No, but way. you don't look at it for too long because there's a lot of people with guns around
2: that place. Yeah, I can quite imagine.
0: Yeah. Um, you're a, now to swing things back round. You're a Norfolk man, born and bred.
1: Yep, that's right. Hint it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're Ramo, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you, yeah.
0: He speaks mad, the uh, lingo. Yeah. Uh, and you, you've done lots of wonderful things for the for the city of Norwich, and you are the ambassador for the Norwich Games Festival. Is that still Ooh, ongoing?
1: I don't know. It's probably a sign that it might not be. It's been a bit <laughs> hit and miss because it kind of disappeared over COVID. Uh, we had a – it sort of came back – this year? Um, we did uh, OLL,
0: didn't we? Yeah,
1: they had the testing of the um, waters on that. And I did another talk. But I don't know what's uh, what's going on with that, as for now. We'll probably hear next year.
0: Maybe I love the, I love check your talk. bank balance and see when was the last time they gave you some wages. I think that might be a clear <laughs> indicator. Oh, I never of- <laughs> get paid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love the talk you done. What was the one on the uh, – uh, well, they had to find the – gold jewel from that oh
1: yes hair razor yes that That is that is a hell of a thing i was reading my bit of that um, is fascinating that flickering skeletons today which that um basically that talk was kind of a adaptation of that chapter from the book to see if it worked or not just the, the timing was good to actually try that out and obviously it did work so that was all good but yeah it's been nice to go back and look at that again i must i often wonder about turning that into a sort of longer form video but i think the talk works quite well so is there it any- Talk's very good yeah i mean
2: i watched it online and i loved it i was just fascinated by it and that was almost at first you think it's almost fictional and then you realize it actually happened and where you know it's, if you haven't watched it go and watch it because it is absolutely fascinating um yeah. and how it's all linked into a book and a game and this prize or so called prize that everyone was looking for. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. It's, really Good talk. It's, it's mildly heartbreaking because it's the
1: original masquerade prize, the actual golden hair, is this beautiful thing made by a real talented artist. And it's mm. he sort of poured his heart and soul into this thing. And then it ends up being used as the justification for an entirely different person's, well, is it a scam? Probably. Mm. I don't really know, you know, it's a, such a weird subject. Yeah, it was.
0: Um, maybe drawing things to a close a little bit here because you are ill and you're also a Lord and certainly don't want to spend too much time with okay. paupers like us, but you, you dragged the BBC to the plains of the Sahara and you picked on its corpse. I feel like you've dragged YouTube to the Sahara and now you're a Twitch man now what's this all about you're down you're more down with the kids than I could possibly even imagine forty one thousand <laughs> followers on Twitch you are down with the kids you you need to come
1: into chat on Twitch and see that our average age is eighty seven yeah um their kids to someone, yeah.
0: lord eighty seven
1: decades <laughs> <Yeah>. um-
0: <laughs> how does that differ from you're not you very comfortable if I may say and relaxed in seemingly every single entertainment scenario you can be put in um You've been instantly upbeat and friendly to us. I'm sure you probably go off stage like uh, Robin Hood in Time Bandits and say, What disgusting people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, you know, does Twitch bring its own set of challenges that you wouldn't have on your YouTube and your traditional media?
1: Yes, it's a very different thing to live stream to you know, do something. I mean, I appreciate that my videos are pretty much stream of consciousness, mostly unedited, but uh, all the same, you still have that level of abstraction from the audience. Whereas, yeah, streaming, you are straight into it with immediate feedback. I think that's what I like about it. But yeah, we do it twice a week, Wednesdays and Sundays, Um, sometimes between 8.30 and 9.00 we begin. And yeah, it's just been a different thing. I mean, starting off, I obviously streamed on YouTube when it became a thing. Yeah. And I did a couple of streams, and then we tried to stream one day, and, oh, the technology's not working. The early YouTube stream was really hit and miss. I didn't know that. It was just completely dead that day. It was like, oh, I've got this Twitch account that I signed up for to have the um, username. Let's try that. And just all the systems worked better. I ended up sticking over there to Twitch, which is weird, because if I stream on YouTube, I'll have, like, 20, 30, 40 times the audience, mm, literally, oh, mm. um, but there's something nice about the sort of slightly pared back thing on Twitch where we have all the sort of regulars. We all have a chat and we have our own. In fact, most of the streams now, I imagine they're about 80% in jokes because we've got so many of the bloody things. In. <laughs> yeah, but
0: they're the best ones. You've yeah, got to absolutely. put the time in, you've got to explore the law and yeah. that creates ultimately a better payoff in the end.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And we You can sort of, I was going to say, get away with things on Twitch that you can't on YouTube, which makes me sound like I'm, I don't know, doing something illegal. But um, the copyright is not quite as hefty on Twitch, so you can occasionally get away with a snippet of music without immediately being shot in the teeth by a sniper. So um, <laughs> that means you can sort of approach things from a different angle. And, and I like making weird little videos and things which just wouldn't work as part of something on YouTube, and there's something we can throw in on the Twitch stream and that. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I get a lot out of it. Plus, and this is probably the most important thing for me, it's the only thing in my life that has any sort of schedule or regularity. <laughs> so I can kind of orient myself by it a bit. If I didn't do that, I would have literally nothing that was regular and I'd have no sort of structure at all. So, What about it's a bowel movement,
0: that? Lord Ashens? Or is that sort of your hefty 18th century diet that stops that from being as regular as you'd like?
1: Oh, oh that happens completely randomly seven times while we've been recording this it was
0: just, it
1: was just uh, no hope
2: yeah <laughs> um i was gonna ask you you got um obviously you got funded for your new film um turn back if no yeah. one um has heard about this which is good for me because i'm a Suffolk boys, so it's about the black shield, yeah. Yeah, Was all us that was our demon dog of choice when we were younger, not that there's many many others, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm very, yeah, I I live very close to the area where that was quite prominent with the church and bits and pieces. So, when are you hoping to start filming this, Stuart? Is it going to be soon or is it something next year that you're hoping to film? Or, yes, thank you for asking.
1: Um, (laughs) it's, it's difficult to say at this stage, we need to. We need to write it first, obviously, mm. and then there's a lot of other ducks to get in a row and stuff. I have no idea. Mm. I'm, I'm not even going to hazard a guess. I mean, it's not going to be long because um, we haven't got the money to like put it off for years or something. It'll yeah. be mad, but um, equally, don't want to rush it. We've got we've managed to raise enough money that we're coming in it from a, like a really good place, so yeah. we can do everything properly. And so will,
2: will you be filming in these sort of locations, regional locations and that? And, um- Thank you for asking.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> I, don't know. Um, I mean, the current thinking, and this might change, is so it's always too expensive to film outside London because all the crews are always in London. And oh, if you then goodness. move outside London, yeah, there's some Manchester, to be fair, there's quite a few in Cardiff, I think. But anyway, um, people outside of the major cities tend to be far more expensive and you can't get a sort of group of people once. blah, 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 blah. Anyway, long story. So um, if you then film outside London, you have to have the whole crew travel and then you have to get accommodation for them. Suddenly half your bloody budget's gone. And damn it, I wanted that CGI shook shooting lasers from its <laughs> bum. But now <laughs> we've spent it all on humans, you know. Uh, so... <laughs> (laughs) The way we'll probably do it is we will have, like, a most of it will be a house sort of interior, I think. So that will be somewhere just outside London, probably. Mm. And this is all completely... We could end up just shooting it entirely, I don't know, in your back garden or something. I genuinely don't know. But that's the current thinking. That's what he's hoping for.
3: Yes. (laughs) Are your rates cheap? Please
1: say yes. Um, And then... For the actual countryside and stuff, we'll absolutely go up to Norfolk-Suffolk with sort of a skeleton crew and get some pickup of that and make mm. some other exterior stuff and go on it. But anything could happen. At the moment, a lot of films are shot in Germany just because the German government are giving out quite good grants and stuff. Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't think that'll happen to us, but yeah, because you get nothing over here. So um, in show. theory, we could shoot it all in Germany and pretend it's... I can't see that happening. Just First laminate time.
0: some signs of the local Do, Suffolk yeah. villages and just stick yeah. them up. No That's one. Norfolk. Yes. <laughs> There's comedy in that, Lord Ashens. There's comedy in that. Of
1: and and course, need- this isn't a comedy, so we'd be in trouble. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if you need someone to dress yeah. up as a dog and walk around in no doubt a, a very furry black suit, I'm your man. We have had
1: many, many people sending us photos of their existing suits and them wearing them. So um, wow, <laughs> yep. That's that is the thing. Some of the suits are really fucking impressive, actually. But uh, the weird yeah. thing is, someone
0: once said, "If you think it, someone's already done it, and it transpires, I'm late to the black sugar party." Which <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. embarrassing to say the least.
1: And the, uh, some specific black sugar ones as well. Yeah, it's quite specific.
0: Really? Oh well. Wow. I've even got the lasers, Lord Ashens. Don't you worry. About oh, that's it. new. <laughs> <laughs> it's always one step ahead. Hang on, they're out my eyes. Let me let me shift those oh, so no. they come out my my backside as he wanted. Absolutely <laughs> perfect. Um, it, it's bit it's bit. There's so much stuff about you that we could disappear down a a black hole all over the place with this. But we've loved having you on. You've you've been an absolutely legendary man. You've been very kind to us. We, and your journey through the burgeoning media of the internet has been one that has astounded many people. Does it, I think we've kind of touched (laughs) on (laughs) it. Does it in a good way, Lord Ashens, does it, Mm -hmm. does it astound you? Sometimes you wake up some mornings and have to pinch yourself and think, hang on, hang on a minute. I should be, (sighs) I shouldn't be here, but I am. Really, you just get on with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, there's I always work know. to be done, so you got to you got to do the work and make sure everything's working for everybody else, and then you go to bed again.
0: I guess a wise man always said, "You're always, you know, you've all, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you've always got a boss." And mine is Google's algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Imagine that dressed up for, a, oh, my
3: for
1: God. an
0: employee review.
1: It's <laughs> just just this like deep thought style computer the size of a city with a tie.
0: Yes.
1: It keeps trying to kill me, but when my stuff's so eclectic. When it manages to kill part of it, it actually boosts up another thing. From the back
0: <laughs> One day I'll work it out. To yeah. so prove he's down with the kids, he's probably no doubt wearing an aged Disney tie as well that he's still cranking out for laughs. I love those characters. Maybe I should get one. I don't know. Um, Before we let you go, sir, and thank you again for even deigning us with your appearance. Um, I thought it was one of RGT's fever dreams when he said that you'd actually agreed to come on the show and and here you are. It might still be, um, but you never know. To further prove that it is a fever dream, we would like to introduce you to a character we call Stingray. Uh, Growing up as children, he would deliver us our counterfeit DVDs and he appears to us, in different ways each time we see him, and he's different things to different people each time they see him, too. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot, what's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battle for Endor this week. These are the new release highlights for the week December 4th to December 10th, 2023. Listeners, these are out on digital or physical, or will be by the time this podcast is in your feed, but could be region-dependent. stop Wow, whoa! The bluebird has arrived, stepping out the door. I see, oh my God, Ray, I can't believe you've done this to me. He's come as me, but with a singlet leotard on. And he's come, climbed out the side <laughs> of his bluebird with his son, Wayne Ray, above his head. And he's power slammed him onto the bonnet of the bluebird. And he's gone for the one, two, three. Looks like he's breaking <laughs> his son's spine. Uh, and like a classic 70s British wrestler, he's just He's just basically took a big chug of skull.
1: Wow. <laughs> that's a reference. You dig that? over But used Junk to, be, to the kids there.
0: But yeah. that's the audience we cater for. We say yeah. no <laughs> squares and hope of bringing the kids in, but they hear the skull and they're done. Yeah. So, this far, to be fair, we've done well for retention. Uh, Lord Ashens, pray tell, how are you seeing... How is? How is Stingray presented himself to you on this crisp autumn autumn day? Difficult to see him. There's a lot of light behind him, and I can just make
1: out a silhouette. But we're out wait. He's raising above his head a pair of shears. Oh my god! He's the cover of The Burning. The classic VHS wow. He's nasty. He is Cropsy from The Burning.
0: Oh. His son needs to be careful of those shears, though. They look kind of rusty. Wow, I tell you what, to coin the phrase, Harvey Retro just leapt up, span around, sat yep. down, and now he's feverishly typing. <laughs> he accurately described the front of that VHS. <laughs> oh, Harvey Retro, how we love you, sir. Uh, RGT, how are you seeing uh, the mighty Ray today? Always
2: well, on point with Ray. So he's stepped out dressed in this, this quite detailed costume of a game child um looks very good <laughs> ray's struggling he's had to lay in the back because he's dressed as a full-size plebeus machine um, <laughs> so he's, he's just pulling his ankles try, yeah he's up he's upright he's okay his he's head's quite low down near the coin slot but he's he's managing the balance so yeah very accurate game child of the plebeus machine fantastic
0: his head would be in the coin slot. He's a devilish man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, he's popped his boot. Let's not mess around. Here we've got... Uh, what have I got here? Oh, yeah, I'm taking this. Born of Bread. It's coming out on the PC. December the 5th. Born of Bread is a wacky and joyful RPG adventure revisiting turn-based combat tropes. Players loaf a flower golem discovering this enchanting world of humour oh, along, wow. <laughs> along with a colourful cast of buddies. What are you getting, RG? This is your mummy mummy, is it not?
2: Uh, No. Um, This is Tram Simulator (laughs) Urban Transit. PC, December 5th. (laughs) Welcome to Tram Simulator Urban Transit. Get on board. In this game, you take on the role of a tram driver and manager. Drive six unique tram models, transport passengers, and drive them to the numerous stops. Plan your own routes, manage your timetables, and expand your tram network. Definitely not my
0: mummy, mummy, mumsy. fire at the four eight six. We've got a game for Christmas. <laughs> Get his little hat out. <laughs> Let's hope it supports my sound card. Uh, <laughs> Lord Ashens, what have you? What are you going to pull out of the boot? We've got Arizona Sunshine two for PC
1: VR and the PSVR two for December the seventh. Take on the form of our dark-humoured protagonist once more and set out on this cinematic next chapter of our VR journey in search of answers. And what's better than braving the end of the fucking world? Hey, you wrote it, not me. Survivor <laughs> best friend. I did oh. asterisk out the you.
0: <laughs> How else can you say that? <laughs> freaking? You could be like an ITV rehash of aliens, the freaking <laughs> <laughs> world. Come on, you're a right, you've read three books and numerous movies. Yeah, <laughs> but they all have that word in them.
1: I, I, <laughs> I should have thought of this. <laughs> surviving it with your new best friend buddy yeah we thought it was an original name too in a desolate world suddenly you're not so alone anymore it's funny how things
0: go hmm. previously reading through everything else <laughs> 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 right? Av- thanks Ray Avatar's Pandora Frontiers of Pandora PC PS5 and Xbox Series X December the 7th Avatar Frontiers of Pandora is a first person action adventure game set In the open world of the western frontier of Pandora. We talk about stomping a mud all dry. Lord Ashens and Avatars certainly going to do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we've got the day before PC, December 7th. The day before is an open world MMO survival set in a deadly post-pandemic America. So just
0: America? Yep, apparently so. (laughs) The rest of the world goes parties on, but poor America, they've gone down the toilet. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Lord Ashens, what's Stingray presenting to you now? Terminator Dark
1: Fate. I say this correctly. Terminator Dark Fate.
3: Defiance. (laughs)
1: DC for December the 7th. Terminator Dark Fate Defiance. Is a really bad mouthful. Come on, marketing guys, <laughs> just remove the dark fate bit. It's it's got a negative connotation anyway. Just use Terminator. Anyway. <clears throat> Defiance is a gritty RTS that puts you in the middle of the future wars between humanity and Legion's synthetic intelligent machine network. Legion, what? Go, go Take with it. Command <laughs> and lead your army to foil Legion's plan to destroy humanity, or play as one of the three factions in skirmish and multiplayer.
0: That do you know that reeks of? We've, we've got this great RTS, but we don't think it's going to get the traction. Let's see if we can get... What license can we get? Jaws? No, too much money. Terminator? <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly, that's cheap yeah. right now. Let's tack that on it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: my goodness. Um, That's interesting, isn't it? Blimey.
0: I was hoping that would be okay. I was kind of thinking that might be my mummy mummy, because I like an RTS, but, you know, who knows? Um, Ray's presented me this. It's Warhammer 40,000. <laughs> 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 this sounds like Games Workshop have started to crack down on their counterfeit figures it's Warhammer 40,000 Rogue Trader <laughs> out on the PC the PS5 and Xbox Series X, December 7th uh, join David God. Dickinson as he partners with the <laughs> Workshop to rat out the fake characters but apparently not it's a classic rich story rich classical RBG from Owlcat Games Developers of the critically acclaimed game Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous. So much faith in their new game that they've had to spoon feed in their other game just so you know that they actually make good games. (laughs) Scary. RGT, what's last?
2: We have got Back Then, the PC, PS4, December the 8th. Back Then is a first-person narrative game taking place in the mind of Thomas Elian an elderly writer diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And that would be My Mummy Mummy. I quite like the idea of that. Sounds seems uh, very interesting. A brave okay. choice, but very interesting.
0: I think My Mummy Mummy is going to be... I want to pretend I'm one of the cool kids and they need a reason to dust off the PSVR 2, which is probably not going to happen so i think my mummy mummy genuinely might be tram simulator in a world of superheroes sometimes it feels good to drive a tram when no one else will so that's my mummy mummy Hmm. lord ashens may i urge you to pick a a mummy mummy from this veritable selection in ray's boot
1: yeah so i mean i am interested in a new rts i
0: haven't played an rts for years um do you know about Anno? Can I talk to you about Anno Oh, 1800? no. Can I talk oh, to you about oh, th- th-
1: This feels oh, like the religious no. man who's turned up on the doorstep. I thought he was over this. I thought he was over this. What was it called, no. sorry?
0: Anno 1800.
1: Oh, yeah. I've seen that written on things.
0: Yeah. yeah. You've got to sort your supply chains between the Caribbean and you've got to use your sort of oh, factories to build things up. It's Just give it a try. Ditch the story and go straight into sandbox mode it you will be rewarded hmm.
1: by Jesus in heaven or by the game
0: at this point, I'm willing to bet the the farmstead on it jesus is gonna Jesus is coming down for a one off guest appearance, yeah, just to get someone else to play anno although it's a yeah. it's a big game people of other people I'm sure have played it. I'm sure there's a whole youtube series about it, but uh, yeah, so you're going with Terminator Dark Fate Defiance. Might, I
1: think uh, I think I might swap it for Rogue Trader, though. <laughs> oh, wow, the David Dickinson. <laughs> yeah. Cow. I mean, Rogue Trader is the name of the like the original Warhammer 40,000 game book, back when it was more RPG than tactical, almost. Mm. So I'm surprised they're really going back to that. Well, they're probably just going back to it with a name,
2: aren't they?
0: Christmas mm. Come mm. Early Faithful for the Ashes.
1: <laughs> but... The problem is the Warhammer 40K license is like on everything, isn't it? I'm pretty sure I got the Warhammer 40K license by accidentally ticking an extra box when I was having a blood test or something. You know, it's <laughs> bloody everywhere. And there's so many games released with it on, but I like the idea of a sort of classical RPG. The Pathfinder stuff's meant to be good. Um, yeah. But the problem is, be going straight into it after um, Baldur's Gate 3, so mm. it's probably going to suffer in comparison, isn't it? But damn it, I'll try it.
0: Okay. Careful what you say to Ray, because once you've tried it, he'll be back every week subsequently asking for money. Um, What's (laughs) I'm going to pick a retro VHS. I'm feeling a little bit sort of nostalgic. I think I've probably had this before, but I want to get Explorers on VHS. The movie Mm. of three kids who, I don't want to say too much if you haven't seen it, but they build a spaceship. It's Mm. absolutely brilliant. Mm. um thoroughly recommend it you Good can choice. It on, you can get it on dvd now it's got river phoenix in it and uh a few other characters uh lord ashens what are you taking out of the booth wise, sir oh well
1: as he appeared in the form of cropsy it's gonna have to be another video nasty isn't it i'm gonna go for <laughs> knight of the demon not the mr james one from like the 50s whenever they made that the w- horror film from the 80s about Bigfoot that makes no sense whatsoever.
0: I've no idea what that is but Harvey Retro just jumped it turned around did, did a little yeah. dance and got down and started typing on it. I like the sound of
1: this Harvey Retro
0: man. Oh, well, let me say. tell you now he's got a he's actually got a YouTube channel called Enigmatic Productions yeah, where they yeah. um him and his friend um, Johan go through and, and really look into the history of the film they kind of watch they do watch-alongs as well but their content is absolutely brilliant we did a, mm. an episode with them back in the back in the day where we did uh was it movies of videos as i don't think you were with us rgt then were you we had the was it being bobby
2: I think, it was it you and Bobby or you and Tom? I can't remember now. I think I it was listened. me and Bobby. Yeah. And we
0: we did video games to movies and then we did movies that became video games and one which way round of that Lord Ashens they came on for. And it was absolutely brilliant. I think I've and, also... And um,
2: Johan also organises, he'd done a, uh, the film Clue, you know, obviously based on Cluedo. He'd done a live show in a, a cinema where they showed oh, a film. Yeah. But, you, but you played along in the audience with the film as you went and he'd organised all that and that looked absolutely fantastic.
0: Very talented oh. gentleman. He, and, yeah. and Harvey Retro could almost be described as like a David Bowie type character. We did a Christmas special called The Retro Man, which was a, a riff on the snowman. And he did the Bowie intro at the start, which was absolutely, <laughs> that's the sort of character you're dealing with here, Lord Ash. It's so uh, <laughs> something it else. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, RGT, you've picked yours?
2: I have. As we were talking about Turn Back, and we were talking about um, evil dogs, I've gone with Cujo Um Ooh. I haven't seen that for a lot of years, and love to see that again. So I'll we'll get the popcorn out, and Mrs. Me and Mrs. RGT will sit down and watch Cujo again.
0: Okay. Um, no sooner has he placed Cujo in your hand, I turn around, and all I see is a sweaty and blooded wrestling singlet on the floor, and nothing else. That's how the Ray. That's what the Ray does. To be honest with you, and with him gone, the only thing that's left on the horizon for me to say is Lord Ashens of Serrations sir what are you hoping to play for this next gaming week
1: oh i'm going to play some more uh Baldur's gate 3 i want to get to the end of the dark urge storyline which i'm sure will end up like all the others because act 3 has that feel to it um i, I want to play beyond that i have really slept on i can't even remember the name of the bloody game there was there's jedi survivor isn't there yes and what was the one that came before it because i still haven't played that one either <laughs>
0: Oh, Jedi Fallen Order. Fall That's order, it, yeah. Fallen
1: Order. I want to play Fallen Order and That's, then Survivor.
0: I don't want to get controversial here, sir. Mm-hmm. Fallen Order for me, definitely start there. Yeah, and But the storyline and the tightness and the momentum of the game actually makes sense. It feels like a cohesive Star Wars thing. Mm. The second one is very much a game, and you kind of uh, lose a little bit of that. I don't know. It had it, the first one was a bit glitchy in a way, but it had this sort of naivety to it that harkened back to like the original Star Wars trilogy. It kind of had that sort of that feeling that you're on a journey. And by the time we got to the second one, it, it felt way more Hollywood, in my opinion. I, you know, mm. who am I? Who am I? Those that game game those that can't podcast, therefore <laughs> again, I am here, uh, and therefore my opinion is rendered literally nil. Um, well, it's but gotta I, I be think...
1: better than Force Unleashed 2. So
2: it's fallen order. I, I thought was, I think, it was you had lot.
0: to come in here with that, didn't you? That was <laughs> filth. Absolute filth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> fallen Orders is fantastic because I think after the first two efforts with EA and bits and pieces, I think once you get down to Fallen order, that was one of them where you think, oh, hang on, this is actually really good. Yeah, they've actually made a Star Wars game, which you feel is in a Star Wars universe, um, and it was it is surprisingly really really good game. Call and Order, really. Enjoyed and that.
0: I, I mean, you play it how you want, but I found some quite. Um, you start, you go to a planet after you've the intro and everything. You end up going to a planet which is almost like your Degabar, bar, and it lets you learn your skills, and you can go back to any of these planets at any point in time. But I found myself going back there because as you unlock more skills in a Metro. Metroidvania way the cliche is real you you were able to find more bits there mm-hmm. so you could unlock different parts that you couldn't jump to before and the same thing happens across the levels but i found that first one very rewarding in that regard mm. so i felt like i was going through my jedi training i very much felt like i was in that game whereas the second one I was playing of the game mm. I know it's a very small distinction but it was one that certainly res because I was excited for that sequel don't get me wrong and it is okay but that first one is is, is magic it really is so definitely a good Christmas game yeah it's got that vibe to it uh, mm. RGT what are you hoping to play your sexy swine G1 jockey
2: only enough no um, i done with happen. you yeah, you made me go through that before. But anyway, um, Voice City live stream Tuesday again. We'll be continuing that. Me and Bald Border. Um, I'll be playing more Stardew and Mrs. RGT. And I've also picked the <laughs> game up. <laughs> you love it. We we watering our crops and walking into town holding heads. I just together. think
0: you should take it to bed. You should both go handheld and, Where and-, is this head and- oh no. No, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's an innocent thing. Uh anyway, um,
2: and also, there was, I watched Scott on Marathon Gaming. Check out his channel on YouTube. Very good. And he had a game which he'd bought. He was just doing some, you know, going through his pickups. And he had one called Gear Shifters on the Switch, which mm. I've, I've picked up as well. That really looked interesting to me. It was that top-down retro car racing, but also, but also was a side-scrolling shooter, if that makes sense. If you're a car on a road, but you're actually playing it like a side-scrolling shooter like our type.
0: Well, um, and weirdly... I had an At- no, it, it was an Atari ST game called Overlander, where it was like a Mad Max thing, where you got so far, and I could never really get very far on the road. And if you got so far on the road, you went into like a side side scrolling. Oh my goodness! Like almost like Altwood Beast, if memory serves. It was really. It, it was. It was pretty awful. That you kind and of did got far enough. You Why? kind of did shooting when you got so far. You could then it kind of cut to another section. I only not. I didn't. I like you, sir didn't get far enough. But when I then Googled it, I tra- it transpired that when you get far enough in the car, you go into like a, a town or a neighborhood or something similar, and you kind of shoot your way through that. My uh, God.
1: It just blown my mind. I, it blew <laughs> mine you know? as well. And I'm Stuart's sure Atari was, ST's name
2: coming out.
1: Eh? <laughs> yeah, if
0: memory just, serves, it was in the Atari ST power pack. It's the only way I'd yes. actually come across it. Um, it was in there with Black Jack and oh God. What was that little frog thing that walked up the tower? Oh, oh, uh, uh, uh,
1: oh, no, oh, 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 not Obulus something like that. Nebulous, um, oh, something like that. I'm it has a different name on the NES. Um,
0: it was like a circular I think it is tower, nebulous. and I remember the graphics being really quite Atari ST yeah. Power Pack games. Thank goodness for Google. There's a full set here for £44. My goodness gracious. Yes, it is is Nebulous. Nebulous.
1: Yeah.
0: Double Dragon, Star Glider, Overlander, Super Huey, R-Type, Afterburner, Space Harrier, Bomboozle, I don't remember that, Bomb Jack, I remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, You got the original Xenon, Gauntlet 2, Eliminator, Nebulous, Pac-Mania, Hang-On, now that means that you struggled with the game's predator and black lamp. Oh, black lamp's very pretty but uh, Did you notice Fun to
1: play? I remember
0: when I noticed as a small child that he kind of thrusts from his crotch area his projectile weapon.
1: Yep, so I didn't have the power, my wow. friend did and that is we <laughs> laughed at that and then never loaded it up
0: again. Yep. Oh, dear.
2: Was this really a game, or was this just a joint feature? No, course? no.
0: It, it, Blackjack was a thing. Um, I wanted wow. it to be cool, because I wanted a Zelda on my home computer, because all the cool kids had Nezis. Uh I had Blackjack and was ultimately disappointed to play Jeff Cramman's Microprose Grand Prix instead. Uh, there you go. There's a tale of uh, mm-hmm. must-try-harder at my GCSEs. Might have got an Amiga.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to register an official complaint now because i've just watched an entire long play very quickly of overlander and there are no side scrolling sections
0: so what is this oh. game where I, are you thinking I went of techno cop in... no it was definitely a mad max game i don't think techno cop has that sort of like no, barren it does vibe
2: road blasters doesn't does it Community Corrections, anyone listening who's on Discord, yeah. please add that in and join Please let on. us
0: know, and we can, we can tell um, Lord Ashen's agent to let him know, to let his manservant know that the game of <laughs> <not today. laughs> You're going to stumble at finding the
1: agent part, I think. Um, his
0: manservant. is valet.
1: <laughs> Batman, yes. Um, I'm <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, Oh, that's going to bummer what that game is now.
0: Yeah, I will. Once oh. we leave, once we depart here, I'll roll up my sleeves and I will go full uh, Sherlock Gnomes on the keyboard and I will endeavor to find it to you and then pass it through your extended network so your valet can deliver it on a silver tray in a wax sealed letter.
1: Tremendous. <laughs> you, you could just email me, it'll probably be quicker. Oh,
0: no, uh, no, 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 no. It needs to be given the proper respect. Uh, and and with that note, the proper respect, sir, should be paid to you. you you're an absolute trooper, you've come on poorly. Which you know yeah. is a UK term for feeling not very well. Um, you've battled through that. You've put smiles on our faces. You've even sometimes raised a little bit of smile at the things we said. And to be honest, I, I feel honoured. You should have just looked at me as if I was a piece of dirt on your shoe. And the fact that you haven't is is is, is quite the honour, sir. Like and I it, do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually just an Nvidia filter I turn on. Oh
0: right. <laughs> just, let me just engage smiling yeah. assassin. Done. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> This is I.I. Stewart. He's already in bed. (laughs) He's just been talking to his computer for two hours. I tell you what, his
0: algorithm is absolutely brilliant because I didn't know. It was perfect. He's obviously fed a lot of content into that. Uh, All joking aside, sir, thank you so much for dating. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Thanks for that. A third-rate Mickey Mouse show with your presence. You've literally elevated us to god status, and we thank you for that. You've you've fitted into the um, ongoing carnage very well. And uh, you've survived. Not many people do. So my hat, if it was on my head, I would doth to you. Uh, I shall see you later dothing. And um, I guess that's all we have time for this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you guys. Thank you again.
1: See you later. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.